0: Hey there, how's everybody today? Awesome, it's a great Sunday, happy to be in the house of the Lord. David said something like that too, didn't he? King David, better is one day in your courts than a thousand days elsewhere, he said. And so uh, it's good to be here, Um, just got a message that's really on my heart to share with you today, and we've been in a series called Seven, this is now week six of Seven, and really the basis of this, this series is identifying some fundamentals that every Christian needs to know. And as I've said before, there's really more than seven fundamentals every Christian should know. But this time around, we're covering seven. And we've been talking a lot about the, the, how a, a person is made up, how they were designed by God. And we start with this verse in First Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verse 23. Uh, this verse will be on the board, but you could also find it in the mobile app. There's lots of notes. There's verses that I won't cover in there as points of reference. Um, but I would encourage you, find a way, either take notes or uh, track notes on the app. Because there's, this is really more of a teaching type message with a lot of verses and things that I, I want you to really get deep down in your spirit. First Thessalonians 5. First uh, verse twenty three says this. It says, "May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ." And this verse has sort of been a launching verse for us to uh, to, to talk about our spirits, our souls, and our bodies. And a lot of times we really don't think that we're made up of three parts. Uh, The body, which is, you know, it's our earth suit. It's the thing that interacts with the world. It's the thing we can touch and see and feel. It's it's connected to our five senses. And and then our soul, which is sort of the inner person. The soul is, you know, our mind, will, emotions, our personality. Uh, It's the invisible part of us that... We, we can, we ha- it has feelings, it's tied to feelings like, you know, happiness, sadness, depression, uh, you know, overzealous, excited, That's that comes out of the, the soul realm that's within us. And many of us can be familiar with that, those things are very, very much tied to the body and the soul, tied to things that we can feel. When you get burned, you can feel that physically, when you... When someone says something to you that's hurtful or that brings joy to your face, you can feel that emotionally. Sometimes in our spirit, though, we really don't have a great grasp on what's going on. And when our Christianity is based upon our physical or emotional feelings, we can really miss what God has done and is doing and wants to do in our lives. So um, I want to show you a few pictures. And, and I want to... Just sort of use these pictures to catch you up if you weren't here or remind you if you were here in the the previous two weeks. And so I want to start off with the first picture. I want to show you a picture of the natural man. Last week we talked about three different uh, ways of living. The natural man or the person before they come to meet Christ. The person who was not born again. You see the spirit, soul, and body. You see on one side connected to the spirit God or near the spirit God. On the other side near the body is the world. And you, you could see as the arrows pointing away from the body. There's, there's greater influence uh, from the world and the body than there is anything else in this person's life. They're disconnected from God. And so the spirit is dead to the things of God. The spirit, like, like uh, God said to Adam, in, this, in the day you'll eat of it, you will surely die. Well, their body continued to live, their soul continued to live, but something happened in their spirit where it was disconnected from the realities of God, disconnected relationally from God because of sin. And so this is the natural man. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That makes sense because they have not been forgiven, right? They have not received what Jesus Christ has made available to us. So that's the natural man. I want to show you the next picture. And this is more of review so we can move on. I want to build on what we've been talking about. Is the spiritual man. This is the person who has been born again. The person uh, who was formerly the natural man is now the spiritual man. And forgive me for not doing all this gender stuff, all right? We'll just... We can accept that, right? The man and the woman, the person, okay? If I've offended you already, we're in trouble. So it's the spiritual person, the, the person who is born again. You see, the spirit is leading this person's life. Because what happens when we become born again is our spirit becomes occupied with God's spirit. Our spirits become One. Our spirit comes alive. That, that connection that was broken, the things that we were dead to the things, uh, at the point where we were dead to the things of God, have now become alive in us. There's life living inside of us. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. I mean, this is amazing. And there's, that's a reference to the power that raised a dead person to life. But the reality is there is a spirit living inside of us. It's God's spirit has become one with our spirit. And, oh, we're going to talk more about this next week, but I'm really excited. We're going to finish this this series off. Uh, It's going to be amazing um, because I want to talk to you about what happens in our spirits. But until we get there, I I really want us to understand the person comes alive. the The desires of the spirit leads a person's life. Our spirit is influenced by God. That is the spiritual person. The body or the flesh has been crucified. You won't see the scripture uh, up on the board, but you might want to jot down Galatians 5.24. It says this, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So there's something something sort of a death that happens when we belong to Christ, when we come into relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Christ, and now I want to move to our final picture that I want to show you. Are you tracking with me so far? All right. So last week we talked about the natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. This is a very confusing picture, and I want it to be of a carnal person because you know it's pretty cut and dry when you talk natural person apart from Christ and spiritual person who is in Christ. And then you got this carnal person. They're born again, and yet they allow the, the desires of the flesh to lead their life. They allow uh, the, the flesh and its passions to be a prominent influence in their life. So the spirit's trying to lead from God, the body's trying to lead from the world, and there's this conflict. There's this conflict. Because carnality creates conflict. There's this conflict and I can I could sort of give you some descriptions of this. You know, it's sort of like the person who, you know, they start to give their life to God, but then they sort of stop and they're, they're sort of caught in the middle. They've got all these desires and they're pursuing these desires. And, and what happens in addition to conflict is frustration, confusion, because you, you want to live for God, but you know you're not. And you have these desires that you, you pursue here and there. And it's this inner struggle. It's this struggle that you deal with inside, you know. And you don't really reap the full benefits of the Christian life because of your compromise. And you don't really reap the benefits of your sinful life because the Holy Spirit is right there. You know what I mean? You ever, you ever been arrested by the Holy Spirit when you're in the midst of your sin? Oh, I have. I've told this story before, and I won't go into the details of it, but one Easter Sunday, years and years and years ago, I was probably 19 years old. I had given my life to God, and I was in this hotel room in Daytona Beach, Florida. And I was doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit was like, that's the closest voice that I've ever heard to to audible. I mean, he's like, what are you doing? Is this the way you're going to honor what I've done for you? And I'm telling you, it took away any desire, any, any desire to continue doing what I was doing at that moment in time. And I'm like, I, I got arrested by him. You know what I mean? I, it's not, that's not a great way to describe it. But the reality is he got my attention and it changed my direction because I was in sin and yet the Holy Spirit was living in me. And maybe that's happened to you. You can't fully enjoy your sin life. You know, because that Holy Spirit's alive in you. Something changed when you gave your life to Jesus. So this is the conflict of the carnal person. On the left side of uh, the picture above, you'll see it says, your spirit is united with God's spirit. The mind and the soul has been renewed. And yet, if you look at the other side, uh, the person gives into the desires of the flesh. And even though your mind has been, your soul has been renewed, It is not in the process of being renewed. Meaning, you're not spending time in the word. It's sort of like something happened, but that change doesn't, you know, it it needs to keep happening in your life to grow in the ways of the Lord. There's a couple verses I'll share with you uh, related to this. Actually, let me just share with you the first verse, because I accidentally skipped over that. Related to the description of a carnal person. 1 Corinthians 3. It says this, brothers and sisters, you see, he's addressing them as, he's writing to the Corinthian church, he's calling them brothers and sisters in the Lord. He says, I couldn't address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. You see that? You're not spiritual, you're more worldly than spiritual, even though you're a brother or sister. You're mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. That's Paul's description of a carnal person. You're caught in the middle somewhere. It's frustrating. It's disappointing. There's conflict. You know, you're like, you know what you're supposed to be doing. You're not doing it. Your, Your Christian walk is frustrating. And you're, 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 you're like, okay, I see these people with joy. I want that joy. But I still have this thing that's drawing me, that's getting the best of me, you know, this thing that is owning me a little bit. And I give in from time to time. It's frustrating to me. Well, I want to help you today. And I believe today is a day of breakthrough. Today is a day of freedom for every person in this place. Because the reality is a lot of us, just to be honest, a lot of us are caught in this position, in this place, in our walk with Jesus. And this is what I've noticed. This is what I've observed, is that when someone is caught in that carnal type place, it's really hard to live wholeheartedly for God. It's really hard to be on fire, passionate, loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, our neighbor as ourselves. It's sort of like, we don't feel like we're qualified anymore. We don't feel like we have anything to give because we know what we're doing behind the scenes. We know what we're doing, you know, when no one's watching. We know what's going on in our life, and we just sort of hesitant to step out because we've given the enemy, really, we've given the enemy an opportunity to speak, to lie to us, to deceive us into thinking that we, we're, you know, we are nothing, we're, we're a fake, we're a phony, you know. That's all we do is compromise hypocritical, you could use whatever word, descriptive word for it, but the reality is it's disabling to the Christian life. It disables us from being who we were really called to be. And Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And let's be honest, if we're not living that life, there's got to be a way to get there because I don't think he's making empty promises to us. And so I want to help you get there today. I want to help you walk out of the doors of this place in freedom. You know, hope-filled, smile on your face, skip in your step, head held high, chest stuck out like come on. You know what's going on in my life? That's what you know what God did for me today? Because he is so good. That's the that's the thing. Like we're not here, it's not about condemnation. It's not like, look at what you're doing. It's about, do you know what God can do for you today? Do you know how good the life that you're living can be? And so that's the, that's the approach uh, that I want to take with you today. 1 First First Peter 2.11, this sort of describes Peter's, uh, Peter's way of talking about the carnal person. Look at this. It says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires. Why would you want to abstain from sinful desires? Because they wage war against your soul. Do you see that? Like the body, the sinful desire, we give into that. It's sort of, is, it's tearing at the soul. Like my soul wants to go and do this stuff. And it wages war. There's a war, an inner conflict going on. Galatians five sixteen and seventeen. So I say, if you have your Bibles, I want you to mark this. If you got, if you're taking notes, uh, mark these words: walk by the Spirit. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So there's a simple answer. I mean, that sounds easy, right? You walk by the Spirit. The flesh is not going to be satisfied. It's not going to be gratified. It's not going to lead. It's not going to take over. It's not going to influence. Walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. We'll put this picture up after I finish this verse. But I want you to see this. The flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. See, carnality is conflict. It creates conflict so that you are not to do whatever you want. Now, if we look at this picture one more time, it's sort of like God and the Spirit of God pulling uh, you know, at our spirit to influence our soul. And then it's, you know, the flesh kicks in and it's the, the world and the body pulling at us to influence our soul. And it describes this war that's being waged against our soul. And the way that we're told by Peter and by Paul is to abstain from sinful desires. Or another way to put it is walk by the Spirit. Now what is walk by the Spirit? If you travel, many people who travel, especially when they're going places that they're not familiar with, will have a map or a GPS. But I know people who travel to places that they're not familiar with that refuse to use a map or a GPS. Do you know people like that? And I can tell you personally when um, I'm in that car, I'm frustrated. (laughs) Because it's crazy when you keep getting lost. And you're like, the map says take a left right here. No, I know the way. And you know, then you end up wasting your time, and you, know, because that person wants to figure it out on their own. Maybe they, maybe, for whatever reason, they, they have this intuition or whatever. And the reality is in this place today, some of us are more uh, led by our, our desires, our senses, our intuition than the spirit's leading. And we wonder why we're lost. We wonder why. You know, we're, we're, we find ourselves in hopeless spiritual situations. Paul tells us, walk by the Spirit. No, I got this. I can do this on my own. I can take care of this problem. Paul says, no, walk by the Spirit. I've, I've done this stuff before. Just trust me. Just trust me. No, no, you've got to hear me. Walk by the Spirit. And what ends up happening is that we waste our time, right? Friends are outpacing us in the Christian life. We we are stuck. There's no movement, no growth. People who you led to the Lord are now more spiritual than you. Why? Because you're not walking by the Spirit. You're caught in a place where you're not being led by Him, influenced by Him, directed by Him. You are walking by the flesh. You're being influenced by the flesh. And it's sad. It's sad to see. Because I can look into people's faces and see hopelessness. I can look into people's faces and see they're still going around that same old mountain. They're still there. Are you still going around? The, yep, still going around the mountain. Why? Because I'm doing it my way. We don't have to live this way. So, so these people that are outpacing us in the Christian faith, they're, they're going to church. They're applying, you know, they're applying what they're learning. They're just not hearers of the word, you know? They're like, wow, I've got to do that in my life. That'll help my, my marriage. That'll help me be, be a better parent. That'll help me love people more. You know? And years later, they're just stuck. It's, it's, it's sad. It breaks my heart. You know? And so, what do we do? Well, let me, let me, let me talk about carnality as I close out this topic here the carnality piece. Carnal means flesh, okay? If, you, if that's a confusing word to you, carnal means flesh, flesh-led, flesh-influenced in this context. I had someone ask me last week, well, a- a- am I carnal if... And they, I forget the exact question, but you may be asking the question, well, am I carnal if I get angry? Well, that's a good question to ask, right? Well, let me... You could throw in any any descriptor to the carnal piece. Am I carnal if I don't forgive? Am I carnal if I just if I if I continue to you know I've got a lying problem? You know, am I carnal if I'm dishonoring? Well, Paul goes on in that following the chapters of First Corinthians three and after he talks about things related to carnality, jealousy, quarreling. He even addresses an issue of incest that was being celebrated in their carnal Corinthian church. He was addressing lawsuits between the believers. He was addressing sexual immorality. I, and I mean he didn't he didn't give an exhaustive list, but the reality is, I would answer the question if I was asked, am I carnal if I'm angry or unforgiven or whatever? I, I would say this: a personal is carnal not because they sin, because we all we all slip up from time to time, right? That, that to me doesn't speak carnality. To me, a person is carnal because it is, they're dealing with something God is trying to address, but they're ignoring it. They're passing it off. They're, you know, they're cold to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. They're not responding. You know They hear it. Oh yeah, I know I've got to forgive. I just haven't done that yet. You know I, know, I know I've punched a hole in my wall three, four times. I'll, I'll patch it up. It'll be okay. And it, it's sort of being passed off as not a big deal, but the Holy Spirit is bringing it to the forefront to say, you need to deal with this. Now, I want to be honest with you. We can't deal with every one of our hangups all at once. And that's why the Holy Spirit is so gracious. He'll bring something to the forefront and wait for us to allow him to deal with it. He'll wait for us to respond to him. You know, I mean, I always tell people this, you know, when you first come to Christ, it, it's, it usually starts off as the bigger things God start in bigger things in our eyes that God starts to deal with. You know, if I was breaking into banks, you know, God's, God's spirit's going to deal with me on that. But, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later, God is still dealing with us. It could be attitudes. It could be the way you respond to somebody. It could be what's going on in your heart. It could be the things you look at with your eyes. God's never done dealing with us because his mission by the Holy Spirit is to make us more like Jesus. Right? So, so am I carnal if, you know, you're carnal if you're stuck and you're not even making any effort for the Holy Spirit to change you. You've accepted what is. You're okay with it. God's not. But it doesn't matter. That to me is carnality. There's other ways that it could be described, but you know if you're stuck. We're more led by the flesh than we're led by the spirit. We are not. We have no desire to change. It is what it is. I prayed that prayer. Jesus came in my life. I'm going to go on with my life now. That's carnal living. But there's so much more that God has for us. So... In that graphic, you could see that something needs to die, huh? Something needs to die because you, you can't go on. There's, it, you can't stay sane and continue to have, be at war within your inner parts and have one side pulling one way and one side pulling the other in your life. Something has to die. And the scriptures tell us this. The old me who used to rebel against God has to die again, you know? So, in Romans 6, 6, we see this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. It was crucified with him. So that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Let me just take a moment and describe what's happening here. When we give our lives to Jesus, you could leave that scripture verse up there for a second. God does something in us to put to death the sin nature. And what that means is that sin no longer controls us. It doesn't mean that we no longer sin. It means that we're no longer controlled by sin. God does some dynamic work in us that you know, he takes he 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 comes and occupies our spirit. He comes and occupies us with his spirit. He he puts to death the sin nature. And this is what Paul is writing. Our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. We should no longer be slaves to sin. So he set us free from that sin nature. We've been set free from that sin nature. Now in the, in, in the next verse, Colossians 3, 5. Before I read that, I just want to make a point about Romans six 6.6. He, he, he did away with that sin nature. You may not necessarily feel that. You know? There's something that's been put to death. You may still have temptations and desires to go sin. But you are no longer controlled by that sin nature. You've been set free. You may not feel that. You, you, you may still... You know, the same temptation, that same old guy calls, that same old girl calls. Your friends call you. You know, that same opportunity presents itself. And out of habit, you may step into that opportunity. But the reality is, you're not controlled by that sin anymore. Colossians 3.5 says this. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. I'll stop there. The other one says, your old self was Crucified. This one's saying, as a Christian, I want you to intentionally put to death the things that are a part of your earthly nature. So there's something that happened, and then he's describing here in Colossians, there's something that needs to happen. Does this make sense? Maybe I'll say it a different way. So when, when, when Christ came in, changed our life, forg- forgave us, Uh, made us a new creation in him. Our old nature was put to death. But now he's telling us through the Colossian church that we need to put to death. Put to death. There's an action. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. I had someone describe this just to make it a little bit clearer uh, to me in this way. He said that, you know, there's an old man. The Bible refers to the old person, the old man, the old woman, the old you. What you were before is not who you are now if you're in Christ. And so um, that old person was put to death when you came to Christ. So they described it. they, They described this whole process this way. They said it sort of could look like this to help people understand. That old you is dead. And I want you to see yourself dragging a coffin behind you with the old you in it for a second. Right? And in the process, from time to time, temptations come, desires come, something you see, something you hear, a habit arises. All of a sudden, that old man sits, back, sits up out of the coffin. You're like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And you need to stuff that old man down. <laughs> we need to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Because when we let that old man man in that coffin rise up, he's going to start dragging us around. Right? We're going to be tied to him, and he's going to be leading us, the old person, the old man. And so that old person was put to death, but we need to keep him dead, for lack of a better word. We need to crucify our flesh. We need to take actions that will... Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Colossians 3.5. He lists them sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Um, And you'll see several times that Paul is saying, listen, there's something that has happened, but there's something you as a Christian need to do to live a God-honoring life. You can't go back into that old way of living. In fact, he presents a new way to live. In Ephesians... Ephesians 4, verse 22, it says this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Put it off. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. There's, there's a newness about the Christian life. There's a newness. It's sort of, you know, for lack of a better way to show you, he's like, take off that which is old. Get rid of it, you know? And you're going to love me for this right here. Put on that which is new. Come on. You're not the same person as you were before. You're not who you That old man's gone. You got and, and we live our lives putting off. That's, that's the way I used to be. That's not who I am anymore. It doesn't mean our, we don't have feelings that remind us of the way we used to react to things. You may still feel Jealousy rising up in you. You may still feel anger or insecurity. You may feel, you know, unforgiveness or offense rising up in you. But how, how do we respond to that? I'm not going to react to that. It's dead to me. I, I used to do crazy stuff related to um, how I get revenge on people. You know, I used to do crazy stuff uh, related to how people offended me and how I would respond. I am dead to that now. I am dead to that. The lusts of the flesh, the things that I wanted to, the the desires of life that I pursued before I came to Christ are different than my pursuit now. I need to be mindful of putting off the old self and putting on the new self. I mean, Paul Paul gives so many different analogies. One of them is the the armor of God. I mean, put put on... Jesus Christ and what he's done for you the word of god so that you can be successful in this christian life. He's not talking about physically putting something on. It's it's changing and reminding yourself and re- renewing yourself before god to say, "I am not that way anymore. God, give me strength to continue in the new in the way that you've made me to be. I don't want to go back. I don't want to be that old me. I don't want to do those old things anymore." God, would you give me strength? I've got to put to death the deeds of the body. Romans 13, 14 says this. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. These last two verses, each of them talk about how we think, how we are renewed in the attitudes of our minds. It's how we approach how we approach the new person versus the old person. You don't have to be that way anymore. And let me tell you something, it's just it's not about it's not about your mental thinking only. Christ has given us the power to be free. He is, he is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And you're sitting here thinking maybe, maybe You know, maybe there's some truth to this. I mean, maybe I could really be free from the thing that keeps pulling me down, the thing that keeps dragging me back in to that old way of life. You can. I am so convinced of it. I want to close with a couple things, and I want you to just bear with me. I'm actually going to be on time today, which I'm grateful for, but the reality is we need to encounter the power of God in our lives. You know, we, we need a God encounter that can set us free from the things that are holding us back. Because we are just a fraction of who God has called us to be when we're struggling in the middle between flesh and spirit. Listen, he has so much more for us today. He has so much more uh, for us to live this Christian life in victory, in hope, in joy, in peace. And maybe you came in and you're like, man, life stinks, frankly, you know? I'm struggling. Or I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm worried. I'm fearful. I'm struggling in life. But let me tell you something. There is a power that's beyond what we can feel. There is a power that is beyond what we can sense at times. I'm not saying you can't sense the power of God because I I have personally. All I'm saying is it's not all cerebral in dealing with God. God wants to move in our lives. God wants to bring greater and new levels of freedom in our hearts, I want to invite, and I'm going to ask no one, no one, no one leave this place while we close. I'm going to give an opportunity for us to respond to God to say, "Listen, I acknowledge there's some stuff in my life that I've been struggling with. I acknowledge that I really need the hand of God to move in my life for me to get free from this. There's no shame in every one of us if we were honest, could stand and say, "That's me." That's me. There's stuff in my life. You know, I know it's not right. I know it's not good. I wish I wasn't struggling with this, but in reality, I'm struggling with it. And I want to just invite you to stand to your feet. And if that's you, we're going to make a declaration together. Invite, I'm going to invite everyone to stand to their feet. But we're going to we're going to make a declaration that you're welcome to repeat after me. But I wanted to give room at the altar. You know, I feel like, you know, sometimes when we step out of what is into what could be I don't know it's to me it could be something in my head but I know that I have had many mighty encounters at an altar and I would just invite you you know if you're saying you know what that's me I just want to come up I want God to do something in me I invite you to come we're going to we're going to make a declaration together God I need you to move God I'm desperate for you to move and before we we do this declaration I just want I want to just listen listen Let's just take a minute and listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying. Is the Holy Spirit saying something to us today? Is he saying something to you? Maybe there's something very specific you know in your life. And you're welcome to come. I I see people coming. You're welcome to come and just be here in the presence of God for a minute. Let's just wait on the presence of the Lord. God, we ask you to speak today. We ask you to speak, God. We want to be free from carnality. We want to be free from living a double life. We want to live wholeheartedly to you. We ask you to speak, God. Is there something, God, that's holding us back? Is there a hang-up? Is there something we've given into, Lord? that we speak out of our mouths the reality of what God's doing. We confess with our our mouths and our hearts. We come before God. And if there's something, anything in your life that you just say, God, I want to give this to you. I want to be free from this. I want help in this area. We're going to just say this together out loud. We're going to say this. And I pray pray this place roars with the reality of our declaration before God. And we're going to put it up on the screen. ready? We're going to say this together. We're going to make a confession to God and a declaration to God. And we're going to offer this thing. And you see the underline there. That's this thing. Just give him one thing. Say, God, I want to be free here. We're going to give this thing to God. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I confess that I have sinned by living like the old person that I used to be and not living like the new person that you created in me. I have failed to put the old desires and the old passions to death. I come to your throne of grace, and I ask you for forgiveness, specifically for, and you don't have to say it out loud, I lay this sin at your feet, and I ask that the blood of Jesus cleanse me, In the name of Jesus, I close the door to my old way of living. And I ask Holy Spirit to come and fill every area of compromise in my life. Right now, I break every tie to the controlling nature of the flesh that has been in my life. I acknowledge that it is only you that could ever fully satisfy every part of my being. Please help me to overcome and to walk in victory in this area of my life. I thank you now for what you've done. I ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Before I dismiss, here's the last point I want to make. I believe with all my heart that God will empower you in victory. It does take a part on us to respond, but that thing is broken. I believe it. We ask of him, and he gives us the power to be free. And he will give us the power to walk this thing out in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you.